back home again in Indiana and it seems that I can see the gleaming candlelight still shining bright through the sycamores for me the new mown hay sends all its fragrance through the fields I used to roam and when I dream about the moonlight on the Wabash then I long for my Indiana home who's your daddy Hello and welcome to the jungle. My name is Adam and I'm joined by my co-host Jenna and this is Who's Your Daddy? A podcast where we talk about all things Indiana, the Midwest in general and everything in between. Jenna, how are you? I'm doing well. You came <laughs> right out of the gate with that one. That was quick. I w- it was quick and I-, I started laughing because I like closed my eyes and got into it. I was like, and this is Who's Your Daddy? <laughs> I was like, I gotta Ooh, yeah. I was it. like, I'm Feel a fucking it. loser. Fuck me. <laughs> Uh, I just felt so silly. But yeah, how are, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Jenna's I'm, uh, back, everybody. Yeah, I'm back. Back in the She's saddle. back, back, Another back. racing uh, analogy. <laughs> Another racing well, analogy? Well, I said right out of the gate. Oh, yeah, okay. But um, yeah. I don't, I don't do I'm anything of that. I'm feeling so. a lot better than I was last week. I'm still a little bit nasally. I'm still dealing with some pressure and some pain, but I'm yeah, okay. Yeah, you, you had um, surgery on your septum. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. They made it bigger, I think, <laughs> is how it works. No, they make it straighter, I guess. Oh, straighter. I was talking to my mom and she said, yeah. You had that, you had that gay septum. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that might be mean to, I hope so, not. I hope that wasn't offensive. That's not what I meant. Well, I don't know. You said it, so. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and, okay. I, and I laughed, so. Everyone knows that um, I, yeah. I support the LGBTQ. It was just low-hanging fruit. Yeah. It was. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so it was supposed to be, uh, I think like a half hour surgery and ended up taking a full hour. Yeah. I was worried. And then he came out and he was like talking to my mom he was like, yes, you know, it was very deformed. It's <laughs> very was like, deformed. That's, you don't need to use that word. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate it <laughs> personally. Uh, but yeah. So they ended up doing a little bit more work, I think, than they thought. And it, you know, I felt, I definitely felt it. So yeah. Well, I am glad you are back. Yeah, and um, I know you're still struggling a little bit with it. So everybody, you know, give Jenna a round of applause. She is working mm. through the pain. The world's smallest violin. That's right. <laughs> place to, for me right um, now. Please you. Uh, on this episode of Who's Your Daddy? Um, so we, we have taken a break from the trivia question um, largely in the last... Uh, three episodes? Three. Is it two or three? I don't I know. It was three. I was counting. I think it was two. <laughs> I think it was only really? two. Yeah. No, because it was Sunday and then... Friday. The Friday before. I thought there was another one too. No, I don't think there was. Oh. Hmm. No, I don't know. Okay, it doesn't matter. Okay, maybe I was wrong. Um, it shows you that we really go back and listen to anything that we do, <laughs> uh, but, um, we haven't been there doing the trivia question, but we are going to now. So yes, Jenna, we're gonna get will back to it. you go back to whatever episode it yeah. was the last time we had a trivia question? Yeah. Um, I, I said George Clooney. Yes. I don't know what. So I asked I said that you, in response to, I asked you, Abraham Lincoln is a descendant or is related to what famous male actor? That's right. And you said George Clooney. So. To answer your question, I'm going to give you a little bit of a backstory. So, uh, Abraham Lincoln's mom, her name was Nancy, um, and before she was Nancy Lincoln, her maiden name was Nancy Hanks. Oh my God! So I was right. It's George Clooney. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't believe I got it right. No, you definitely did not get it right. I'm so proud of myself. God, um, guys, I got it right. But yeah, so apparently, very it, there. It's very distant, but. Tom, Tom Hardy? No, Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. God. I'm just amazed Quit that it. I got any of those in. <laughs> and I, by any of those, it was one. It was one reference to I'm one actor. I'm you know who Tom Hardy is. <laughs> well, it's pretty famous. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he was in 
couple. I like him a lot. Well, actually, I should have known uh, because you always pictures. call me Bane. So, is he Bane? Yes, Tom Hardy is Bane. Well, how would I, he has got a mask on the whole time. You're right. How would I know that? I was very surprised <laughs> when I learned that too. Yeah, he was jacked. Yeah, because in the other thing, he's not as jacked. He's got some. Yeah, he's got a nice bod. Actors are weird. They'll be jacked and then not jacked. Yeah, and that's then true. sometimes they get fat. Mm-hmm. It's whoa. It's almost They're like, like people. <laughs> right. I was just gonna say that. It's almost like they have to eat food and things like that. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, Abraham Lincoln um, is a big fan of Tom Hanks. That's what the that was. Did I get that right? <laughs> but apparently, <laughs> so I would have to look through my ancestry. But being I silly think tonight. our uh, whatever small lineage we have is on his mom nancy's side as well so yeah 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 your supposed relation to yeah abraham Lincoln. which i'm gonna look into this and one day i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna give you some facts all right yeah if you prove me wrong so. i'll um <laughs> i'll eat crow yeah i'll do that you, I'll, you, you can eat crow well no, i'm not you know the phrase i'm not gonna eat a crow oh i've never heard that phrase oh really no yeah it's like why are you gonna kill a crow i mean no i would never kill a crow i don't think they taste very good I can't imagine a crow would be anything <laughs> but awful to consume. Um, but anyway, let us get into it. Actually, before we get into it, I do want to say real quick up at the top that at the end of this episode, um, there will be um, an addendum almost, an appendix, something, you know, mm-hmm. if you read financial reports, you might really enjoy right, the appendix. a lot of people um, do that Yeah, you, you can go look That's through, like you, you know, the first appendix and see all the assumptions <laughs> Um, or something like that. Uh, no, <laughs> but uh, an appendix to the episode, and it's an interview with Mike Vick. Not a spleen. Not an, not a spleen. Uh, <laughs> it's an interview with Mike Vick. He's uh, running for Indiana um, State Representative in District 29, um, and we talk about. Uh, he, well, he gives a little bit of a background of himself and and what he's standing for when he's, uh, um, you know, in his candidacy. And then we talk about um, Joe Biden's pick for Vice President mm-hmm. Kamala Harris, yep. um, and also talk about. Um, you know, voting third party, not voting for the establishment, um, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. please, yeah, yeah, listen through. It's a really good interview. Um, and if you guys would like to watch the video of it, it is on YouTube. We just started a YouTube channel. So you can, yeah, uh, and it, it'll just be it things like that. It's not going to be, work. yeah, it's not going to be, yeah, so Jenna wasn't there. Sorry. Um, but it's, it's not going to be like uh, regular videos or anything like that, but you can check it out. Um, if you don't listen all the way through. So, and, you know, maybe eventually we could get into regular videos. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. It does, yeah, that doesn't matter. Who knows what the We'll figure holds. it out. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, as we have, as I burp, mm-hmm. bringing it back. I burped too. Uh, did you burp too? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nice. Everybody, I hope the listener burped as well. Um, so, you know, these Friday ones, we've kind of grown accustomed to starting with them um, with COVID-19 numbers. And we're yeah. going to do that again today. So okay, yeah. um, after three days below the 1,000, um, you know, plus new daily case threshold, mm-hmm. the ISDH reported 1,046 new cases today, along with an additional 20 deaths. Um, so that means we are now at seven seventy-seven thousand five hundred sixty-five 77,565 positive cases and uh, over 3,000 deaths in Indiana. Looking, looking good. Yeah, it's really, really sad. Yeah, um, I was, I was listening to it. I actually heard something on the radio today. They were talking about it, and it just seems so dystopian to me to like just be casually mentioning like, oh, and twenty new deaths today or whatever on the radio. Like, yeah, very yeah. weird. I don't want to, um, I don't want to get in too much into this, but I watched last night. Um, I watched uh, Andy Bashir's. Um, he's the governor of Kentucky. 
I watched yeah, yeah, his, we, we talked about that yeah, a we talked bit. about it a little bit um, in his press conference and and he made note you know early on that mm-hmm. that every number that you see it's a life you know it's a family it's someone in our yeah, community it's somebody's and our, loved one and they say Commonwealth because of the Commonwealth of Kentucky I know. Uh, but um, that, that you know that's us who's who's dying and, and who's getting sick and it that, that tone just that one little thing it's so different than yeah, what we get here yeah. and it's so important because I mean well I, that's I, the thing that keeps you from from realizing whether or not it's this is an actual issue yeah like yeah. if you can put a face to this or a name or, as far as or somebody, somebody you know, or have empathy right now <laughs> or sympathy how we are even i mean i think a lot of people have the mentality of like i don't really care because it hasn't affected anyone that i know yeah no of course yeah so you see a number it's just a number but i think that's a good reminder that it's yeah more than yeah that. and that's why every day you know mm-hmm. i i go through and i um i post the new numbers and I post the age band breakdown and I post mm-hmm. the um, like it, it, what it looks like in certain counties where mm-hmm. it's really bad with kids getting sick because those are obviously aren't deaths, but they're kids getting sick. And I just well, yeah, I want like some, a lot of some schools started this yeah, week. Yeah. Yesterday. Um, seen school buses. It's it's wild. So I just, you know, that's why I do that. It's, it's an exercise for me you know, more than anything, really, I hope people, you know, get something from it and, and grow from it. But I, I do it for me because it reminds me those 19 people in Allen County, those 19 kids, you know, who got mm-hmm. sick. That's why I we have to wear a mask. That's why we have to take this more seriously. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, that's that. But but I, this leads into the next thing when we that comparison to Kentucky, because I do want to talk about that because um, sure. Andy Bashir has dealt with this differently a, a while back. I mean, this was like uh, probably early and it June. Is, it's, it is kind of interesting because my sister just left y- yeah. Lexington. Lexington yeah. She'd been there for, God, at least three years. And is Lexington their most populous city or is that Louisville? Um, they're, they're both pretty... They're pretty close? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I wanted to compare a little bit of Kentucky to Indiana um, in terms of numbers and things like that. And since... You know, the, the states don't, um, they're not perfect parallels in terms of population or even necessarily like uh, relative uh, population density, although I, I right, didn't look too closely of, into that. So I don't mm-hmm. want to speak in, on that too much. It's a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. So, I, but I do want to highlight two uh, pretty obvious statistics here. It's cases per 100,000 mm-hmm. population and deaths per 100,000 mm-hmm. population. So in Indiana, the cases per 100,000 uh, is 1,179. Okay. And in Kentucky, it's 870. Okay. Now, deaths per 1,000, uh, 100,000, 46 in Indiana, mm-hmm. and 18 in Kentucky. And that's a, that. Wow. Yes. The, the, that you know, is a big, that's a big job. Yeah. The it, cases, it's 1,200 to 900. Okay. Um, it's yeah, obviously lower is better, but, but that's, you know, and th- that's a noticeable difference, but okay. Uh, you know, 900 is still pretty, pretty high, mm-hmm. but uh, 46, uh, to 18 in terms of deaths per 100,000 is, is a lot different. They, they've had a lot fewer deaths than we have, um, it's absolutely insane. even relative to, to, to population. So, oh yeah, that was what I was going to say is that it, like early June, I put together a timeline of different response of Bashir versus Holcomb's response mm-hmm. in terms of when things got locked down. And like, I, I intended to go back and update it with mask mandates and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I just kind of forgot, maybe I'll go back and do that sometime. But, um, so should have deleted this part in my notes because I put it right down below. So th- that's all I really want to do about the COVID stuff in terms of numbers and things like that. Because we're all aware. We all see it. But I just feel like we... It, it well, and be... people like to shit on Kentucky. You'd be like, ooh, Kentucky. Well, yeah. I mean... But like... It was a big deal when, when Bashir got elected. I mean, I, like I said, I still don't know a lot about him. But I know that he <laughs> obviously is taking this um, 
with more good faith and care than mm-hmm. than our leadership yeah, is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, that's all I'm going to get into that today because, like I said, I talk about it all the time on Twitter and everyone, you know, it, we're all probably thinking about it a lot. So in terms of specific numbers, we're moving on. The next part that I want to get into is a new thing. It's yeah, a new, what, what, um, what's a new, a new agenda? segment uh, of the uh, Who's Your Daddy podcast. And, uh, well, I don't know if it's a segment. Do we have segments? I don't know if we've had. I don't know. I don't know if we have segments. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's just a fun name that I entitled this section in my notes, and I want to say it, and I'm so proud of what it. What is it? So this is called Janalysis. <laughs> Janalysis? Yeah, oh. You, you get it? Sounds like a sounds like a stripper's name. Yeah, Janalysis. The, it's the stripper for the math department at She's Purdue. She's from West Virginia. She's from West Lafayette. Oh. <laughs> She's got her master's in computer science. Oh, shit. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Working girl. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Sorry, yeah. exotic dancer. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sex worker, that's just work. I don't, well, okay, that's a different thing, but oh, we, I don't we can know. get into that. I just yeah. didn't want to, like, make it seem like we were belittling no, strippers no, no, no. or anything like that. No, go for it. That's awesome. Uh, anyway. So yeah, this is genalysis. So in this section, in this segment thing, I'm going to um, kind of give you a little bit of news okay. and try to refrain from my analysis, which is unlike <laughs> normal, right? Yeah, Usually I, feel like I that give would be hard you, for you, I give you a, the news and I comment comment on it and get your reaction and first yeah, feelings. Yeah, a little bit different here. I'm gonna stay back and I want to get your first reaction okay. before I have added in Just throwing me in here. Yeah, because I have you know been. I've First been able to back. kind of chew on this a little bit, uh, think about it. And so mm. I think it'll be nice for the listener it'll and for myself. Spitty. Yeah, it'll be all gross. <laughs> um, for the listener and for myself and for you, for all of us, to hear kind of a first reaction, a first take, and then to uh, hear something that has a take that's my take, which has <laughs> I've had a little bit more time to think about it. That's all I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Anyway, not that I have any, you know, I'm smarter or have more knowledge, but... I've had more time to think about it, which is obviously. Well, I don't feel like you even needed to. I wasn't even thinking that, but now that you said it, now I'm thinking that maybe that is what you thought. No, that's not what I thought. I just wanted to make sure that you knew that that's not what I thought. Mm, okay. <laughs> all right. I let's. Don't know. Yeah, all right. We'll have this discussion later, in the shower. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh no. Fully clothed, sitting down. Um, no water running. Anyway, let's get into it. I told you, this is a silly one. So this is genalysis. First off, we are going back to Kentucky to talk about Governor, Governor Andy Bashir. And so um, he announced this week that uh, he is calling schools, he's telling schools to delay the start of in-person instruction mm-hmm. until September 18th. Okay. Um, in Indiana, obviously, we are not doing that. No, no, no. We're we are letting in. people open up. Um letting local districts have their plans kind of do what they want um so and we've already opened schools yes i mean there are already many many um you know that have opened and um i saw i saw people's photos my coworkers were yeah yeah at least uh, um, at least already as of 8 13 um at 8 12 p.m yeah yeah uh, maybe like 5 30 when i pulled this data um at, at least 120 students or and or staff have tested positive in indiana schools First Already. day. Well, well not, first not day for exactly many, first day, for some. but no, I mean, but this is, this day, is going into July because there were some schools that added in students who start summer programs oh, and things like that. So oh, okay. I didn't, it's going I didn't back to that. like okay. July in the 20s, July you know. 21st, 22nd, 25th, you know, you get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Um, that's just the truth. So right off the bat, I want to hear your 
take your thought on that and, and also like what that means how um how does that what does that mean politically like why only choose why only say one month mm-hmm. why only delay one month and not just say the full semester things like that what do you think uh well there is a big um i don't really know if you want to call it a, like pleasing the mob but there is this big there's a lot of pressure to kind of satiate people in terms of of where they can think ahead. Can they can they think a month ahead? Okay, that's doable. But if you were to tell people, no, your kids are going to be home for another three months, I think they would maybe lose their shit. And so I think doing it in little increments, which is sort of what was done with the lockdown, I think that's probably the strategy that they're going for. It, as in, you know, another week, another two weeks, another three weeks, instead of telling people it's just going to be five months up front yes that is brilliant um that is not exactly the 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 avenue that i took but it's tangential and it like is okay. it's brilliant you're so 100 percent right it also keeps people engaged in, in what's going on which right. means that they're more likely to take this thing seriously mm-hmm. you know if they're more engaged because they need to know they need to hear what i am you know what we're gonna do it means that i'm hearing yeah oh okay you know another 20 people died today mm-hmm. 20 people like We don't talk about that ever like that, you know, a sum of people dying. Um, So, yes, that's that's amazing. Yeah, I I said it's an amazing political move, um, basically for the same reason uh, in that it separates him from people who are like calling for schools just got to be online. It's, yeah. It separates him from that. It, because that's a little bit more palatable to say, uh, oh, just maybe another yes. month. It, just another month. Yes. You know? And it gives him the opportunity to say, and during this month, we're going to learn from other states' mistakes. Oh, that's Which is very exactly smart. what he did in very his conference. Very savvy of him. Very, very smart. Not only is it smart politically, even more importantly, it's smart because you can do that. And and that's what yes. they're going to do. He's going to look up here in Indiana. And, and see, if you see things are going really bad, you can say, you know, well, hey, and, and we see, tried. What but, did they do poorly? Yeah. I want to open schools. I just don't think we're ready. Right. Yeah. It, it's just a very no smart political way. That I don't think we're ready. I feel like I don't more think, people yes. should have come through and said, you know, we're just not ready to do no, this. No. Yeah. At, at a time like this, yeah, um, I, being willing to say we didn't plan ahead, we didn't or, think, we didn't think about we this don't enough. Know yeah. Yeah. And and you know we should have planned, and we didn't. That mm-hmm. and some of that's on me, but. You know, um, but we didn't. Hubris of politics. And so I'm admitting that. So we, so kids and teachers don't die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, great analysis there, Jenna. So, it, no, thank you. That was amazing. Yeah, you just that was that worked exactly how I would hope it did. You added. Well, you probably kind of thought the same thing. So. Well, I, well, like I said, it was, yours was tangential, but it's just like that was. Yeah, loved it. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so n- the next topic uh, on analysis is mail-in ballots. Okay. So last week Holcomb emphasized quote. Uh, an efficient process that is safe. That's what he wants. Because he, uh, so he's he's refraining from you know coming out there so, and supporting full mail-in balloting, just letting anybody mm-hmm. who says they're worried about coronavirus get a mail-in ballot mm-hmm. and then you know be able to vote that way. So when they use the word safety, do they mean so that you feel safe against COVID, or in terms of we have to avoid the mail-in voter fraud? Um, it, that in that exact small quote there. I don't remember what which one he was referring mm-hmm. to, but he was referring to both throughout his answers. Okay. So yes, okay. It, that safety, it it's you know it doesn't really matter what he meant in that little quote that mm-hmm. I had there. Throughout you know questions about so this last week, he talked about both of those. So okay. it, it definitely is about 
he talked about keeping people safe, but also about <laughs> keeping the vote safe. Oh, boy. Okay. And I would say it was at best 50-50, if not leaned more towards keeping the vote safe. Anyway, um, so yeah, last week, Holcomb okay. uh, emphasized, quote, an efficient process that is safe and made uh, a really you know, dumb joke about how the fact it's, uh, that it's election day and not election month. Ooh, mm, mm, mm. Um, yeah, so that was, <laughs> that was last week. That was last week. You know, uh, this week when he was asked about it again, he said, quote, uh, or pair, well, yeah, he said, uh, it would, that question, um, it would be more appropriately answered with input from the general assembly to make that change when we are very mobile, I think would be inappropriate. And by mobile, he means the fact that people are going to work, people are going to stores, people are doing these things were largely reopened. Um, yeah, cause if you look at mobility data, which we talked about a while back on like mm-hmm. one of the first yeah, episodes, um, m- our mobility data was down like crazy because we were as with a stay at home, mm-hmm. uh, stay at home order yeah. made sense. Now that it's up, he's saying our mobility is really high. So it would be inappropriate for me to make that decision. It, it, it yeah. Okay. Before I get into my thoughts, I want to ask you, why would his response to this change? Well, I think he's just parroting what's been going on with the president and his feelings towards it. Has Trump been uh, changing his narratives? Has Trump been more recently saying? He is saying, very, I think he's been very much against mail-in voting. Yeah, but, uh, you know, last week when he really came out well, with that, it was mm-hmm. it was a lot about that. Oh, they're going to, there's, there's voter fraud. Voter fraud, like, That's yeah. what's going to happen. Has he in the last, you know, week or so moved more to the fact that it's about people are already out and about so who cares or the you know that's not my that's not our decision has trump moved like that like has trump moved in the same way holcomb has i would say he's he's even more so against it no but i mean for his reasoning has his reasoning moved yes trump is totally against it he's dismantling the post office yeah yeah but what is his reason is his reason to be against mail-in balloting has it changed i don't think it has no. Trump's has not, but no. Holcomb's did. Why would Holcomb's change? Why would his reasoning for this shift? Why wouldn't he go? Why wouldn't he once again, just like he did last week, say, look, we, we want a, an efficient process mm-hmm. that is safe in terms of keeping uh, our Hoosiers healthy and um, getting their votes counted, uh, you know, mm-hmm. accurately and in time. Why would he shift from saying that to I don't really think it's appropriate for me. It's more of a question for the general assembly (laughs) i to be honest with you i can't i don't really know yeah but i feel like there has been just more of a lax attitude as time goes on towards covid in general and it's becoming less and less of a of an excuse for reasons not to do things like reasons not to go out reasons not to vote things like that i don't feel like he is even taking it like the idea that you would still at this point want to protect your personal safety is not really a huge uh, it's not really high on his list i mean i kind of agree with you um a little bit i think that he wants people to think that way because he doesn't care about us yeah and he just wants the he's like the narrative make the make the stonk number go higher that's all they care about um but I, I think that was a noble try, Jenna, but I think you're completely wrong. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Personally. No. I well, think, what do you think? Yes, then? that he shifted his narrative because um, it adds padding between him and Trump. We have talked about this a lot. 
Governor Holcomb yeah, really, really many times. likes to distance himself from Trump. He's and, and, very simpering. And, I mean, again, last week, he didn't have his talking points ready. He wasn't ready. It's the, all very... The, the, no, yeah, well, hold on, hold on. The only talking point that he had was the one that was being messaged to him from probably his circle and from Trump and their, Can I just and say their it's, circle. Hold it's on, hold on. It's all very hold Midwestern. On. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And uh, so it, I just want to, I want you to get this thought as a whole. So he didn't have his talking points ready last week. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the conference, when he was asked this question, he was clearly uncomfortable, mm-hmm. very clearly uncomfortable. When he was asked if it was Donald Trump's words and actions about that, that are, are, are you know, is what he's using as his reason to not push for mail-in balloting. Mm-hmm. He, you know, when he was asked that question, he had one, a one word answer. He just went inaccurate. That he's not like that. that. If you watch anything about this guy, if you watch anything about Holcomb, he's a fun kind of laugh it. I'll joke it off. I'll kind of, you know, mm-hmm. and go. He was made uncomfortable by this question because he wasn't prepared to answer it. Mm-hmm. His team, him had not thought of a way to support <laughs> that issue, to support mm-hmm. not everyone getting mail in balloting in a way that is separate from the reasons Trump wants mm-hmm. that, which is just obviously blatant corruption. Yes. He didn't have time to have that, and he stumbled over his words. He yeah. he laid it out. He showed his cards. This week, he comes back. It's the same question, and he took it in stride. Jenna, he kind of laughed it off and said, "Well, that's not my you know that's not our decision to make. We need the input of the general assembly, people from all over the state, <laughs> because they know what's right for their local elections that we all count here at the mm-hmm. state level." He got his talking point. He got it in. He met with Kyle. He met with his asshole friend, Kyle Hupfer. He got to <laughs> talk me what to, say. to uh, uh, what's her name? I forget the 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 late the, her his treasurer, yeah, whoever yeah. it is, um, the one with the other consulting firm. Uh, and he got it. He got his talking points. And now he took takes it in stride. I differentiate myself from Trump but I do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I maintain my my traditionally Republican <laughs> uh, uh, base in Indiana, which is big, and I yes. don't I don't alienate my the the QAnon people, the MAGA people, the yeah, Trump psychophants. I hate to say it, brilliant politics, except for the fact that he showed his cards last week. But you know the media they won't talk about this. I, I please if I had a press pass, oh my. god. God, I would love, I would love <laughs> to ask a question. Although, you know, I don't know how like biased you can be, be in like, your Get questions. Him out of here. But I'd be like, hey, did is the reason? I would say, is the reason that you changed your reasoning for why we shouldn't have uh, mm-hmm. no excuse mail-in balloting yeah. uh, related to your desires to distance yourself from President Trump in order to maintain uh, any aspect of your voter base because you are scared of losing this election due to the fact that you are completely ignoring the crisis happening in our state and you know he wouldn't answer that but that's what i would ask so (laughs) moving on Uh, (laughs) no but what i was trying to say was that it's so it's so midwestern too to be like "Mm, well you know i don't want to like step on anybody's toes but oh you mean like protect all the voters well no and also just to have a very uh wishy-washy sort of outlook on things and to not be like i stand for this it's also it's just kind of like i completely disagree with you Really? In terms of politics, yeah. I don't, I don't think that's the case at all here. Maybe but, in terms of like he, pineapple on pizza. But, no, what but. you were just saying was that he hasn't been able to com- come up with anything as a statement that's just from himself. That isn't parroting what Yeah, Trump I don't, is I don't doing. think that's a reflection of Midwesterners. 
or in people in Indiana. I think that's a reflection of him. I would, I guess I, I mean more so the manner in which he does it. I'm not sure what you mean, but I don't want to get too far into this because we got quite a bit more to go through here. So, um, I would like to talk to you more about that later (laughs) and then we can come back and, you know, think about it again in a new way. Anyway, let's move on to school funding. Okay. So this is the last section in our genalysis, uh, genalysis corner. Um, and this is a little complicated, so I'm going to be reading something here. It's not complicated. kind of is. We'll see. Um, I'm going to be reading from the Indie Star. Okay. And, yeah, this is where I was like, you got to really put on your thinking cap today but just because it's a little bit – it's not super long, but it's a little long. And um, just try to follow all the details, uh, you know, in case you don't know anything about this, which you might not. I don't know. Anyway, like I said, this is from the Indie Star, um, ensuring that schools receive 100% of funding. So um, a fix to this – would take legislative action, a change to or exception from the current state law uh, regarding virtual student funding. So I'll pause there and say that current state law has different um, funding guidelines or requirements, things like that, for when students are taking classes virtually versus when they are in person. Um, Okay. Yeah. They get less when they're not in the classroom. Yeah. Back to the article. Quote, um, in June, Holcomb and the General Assembly's top budget writers said that fix, that this fix was coming and that they would support fully funding all students enrolled in public school districts, regardless of whether they attend school in person or um, online. So in June, Holcomb and the General Assembly said, we're working on a fix to this because we understand that it likely will come to the, uh, you know, we will get to the situation where some students will be online, some won't. Yeah. We are working on a fix on this. That was in June. Him and the General Assembly's top people, you know, budget writers, they said that. So, but last week, Senate President uh, Pro Tempore Roderick Bray sent a letters to uh, sent a letter to schools that seemed to suggest otherwise. Bray said uh, schools that do not offer in person instruction uh, uh, in or do not offer an in-person instruction option are unlikely to be fully funded and should plan to receive only 85% of their foundation funding. So again, Holcomb and the General Assembly's top budget writers in June said that a fix to the state law was coming because they understood that how it was written would enable, um, you know, funding to be decreased for those being online only because of the pandemic. And that's not how that shouldn't work like that. Yeah. Even so... Uh, sent, you know, Indiana Senate President Roderick Bray sent a letter last week saying, tough luck, it's going to 85%. So yeah. is that fix coming? Uh, what are you talking about? If 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 I was working so with the no. General Assembly as the governor uh, and we said, yep, we're going to get that fix. And then <laughs> the also Republican uh, Senate President, he's a Republican, Roderick mm-hmm. Bray, sends a letter to schools and says, sorry, it's not going to be like that. Yeah. What's going on here? Hold on. While most school districts have opened for in-person instruction, dozens have decided to start the year virtually. Some schools that opened in person have already had to close and uh, move online temporarily due to cases of COVID-19 and the number of students or staff members under quarantine um, orders. So, yeah, people are, you know, there are many people who are already having to be forced to go online. Mm -hmm to keep people safe. Um, the letter raised questions for school districts across the state about how much money they would actually receive for the school, uh, the school year that in many cases had already started. It also raised concerns that schools would be, uh, feel pressure to return students to the classroom, whether or not they felt it was safe to do so. Holcomb's announcement Wednesday said the action he's asking the state board to take delaying the, uh, the count day. I'll explain that in a second would ensure that Indiana's K through 12 schools receive 100% of funding as he committed earlier this summer. 
Bray and House Speaker Todd Huston, who's also a Republican, uh, leaders of the supermajority in their respective chambers of the Indiana Senate and uh, you know, House of Representatives, said that they, too, support moving back the count day to allow schools to receive 100% of their funding, which is, so the count day is when uh, st- Indiana, you know, Department of Education, the, the state, counts students in the classroom. And because of the way Indiana's state laws are all set up, it's per student funding. So, but it's, the, the language is in classroom, in the classroom. So a virtual thing would mm-hmm. affect that in a way. Yeah, we're not going to get into why even this pushing back the count date isn't perfect. It's not a great response. It will still create problems because I'm still learning about that. But I want to know what are your thoughts on specifically why would Roderick Bray send this letter to schools to say you're not getting that 85 percent of funding, even though three months ago (laughs) the General Assembly's top budget writers and Holcomb said we're going to get a fix to that. And then, okay, so he sends that letter. Holcomb says, no, we're going to move the count date. And then right away, the same guy who sent that letter and the House of Representatives, uh, the president or uh, House Speaker, Todd uh, Huston, comes out and say, yes, we support that. Why would, it, why would you do that? Support moving the yes, count day. Support moving the count day, which Holcomb announced on Wednesday. Why would, why would that situation take place? just more pressure to get people in the door i mean if you moved you it so? then well, you would have the people who had started school well if you move they are moving it yeah so i'm saying people that had started and then they were quarantined and then going back to school i'm not sure i don't i don't understand what you mean <sighs> maybe like, i did a poor job of explaining this i like hope everyone's if following you had started school yes like as a person, and then I, you got like, sick. I'm, like, I'm a student. Yeah. Okay. But you got sick right at the start. But by the time you were better, you came back for the count day. I don't. That's okay. What would that result in? Schools would get their funding. Yeah. Yeah. So that would. Yeah. Oh, I mean, sure. I, I think you're missing what I was trying to guide you to, which is fine because it's not abundantly clear. Uh, but and I hope that I we didn't confuse anybody here. It's a little bit complicated. I believe that this happened for a pretty specific reason. So, Roderick Bray, again, the Senate uh, president, Indiana Senate president, who sent this this letter to school saying, hey, clock's ticking. It's going to be 85% funding if you don't open up schools to everybody in person. He's from a fairly rural southwest Indiana uh, district. Okay, it dodges Bloomington and completely misses Terre Haute. It's in the southwest of Indiana. So, is this it's something that I would have needed to know? No, no, no. I'm just backing up my claim about my analysis of this. So um, he was elected eight years ago. He's been in office since 2012. He's going to hold on to his seat. He can send out that bad message. He can send out that bad message, but Holcomb can't. Holcomb's facing a lot of pressure and Mm -hmm. Holcomb can't because then Holcomb can't fix the issue. Mm -hmm. What, What does Holcomb need? more than anything right now, to look strong on schools. Yeah, He's getting shit from everywhere, from teachers unions, from parents, from kids, all over. Uh, nothing. No support. He needs to look good. He needs a win. He needs a win in the media. So how do we do that when we know that he's not going to do anything to actually help people? Mm-hmm. We fabricate a win. We make up a win. 
look, we have this opportunity. We haven't got this fix out yet. We haven't released it. Obviously, obviously they knew they were close to having it ready. They announced in June that they were going to have it Mm -hmm. and their fix is to to move the the, the count day. Mm -hmm. They knew they've known that they've been sitting on it. So then this guy can send this letter to the schools and saying, actually, you're going to get cut. Holcomb steps in and says, no, sit down. <laughs> I'm going to save the day and get schools 100% funding. I mean, every article I see about this is Holcomb uh, um, assures teachers 100% funding. It's all painted in this great light, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what he wanted. I don't know this to be true, for sure. I don't. But I, 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 it, I, I believe it to be. Like, I believe that it is that this guy, you know, they talked, Roderick Bray put out the letter. I can swoop in and save the day. You're not going to lose your election, man. You're not going to lose your election. You're, you're going to be fine. You've been in since 2012. You're in a rural, you know, red Indiana district. You're fine. You can take that hit, even though it's not really a hit because virtually the next day I'm going to swoop in and save the day. And then you can agree with me and say, that's actually a great idea. Even though we've already had this idea for, for a week, weeks now. We've just been sitting on it. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I do, but I don't think that, <laughs> I don't know, maybe me being naive as I am, I don't think that's where my mind initially went to. No, I mean, yeah, that's why I was saying maybe I didn't lead you to, I, I didn't want you to but, get there exactly there, but I wanted to hear what you thought. I just didn't understand what you were saying at all. <laughs> it didn't make any sense to me. I don't know. I think I was just thinking of it more pragmatically instead of what was the underlying issue. Sure. Yeah. It, like I said, it, it's a little bit complicated and I hope that it was good listening. I hope that, you know, it wasn't just kind of boring and silly, but, um, I think that the, the payoff was interesting. The idea that that was a fabricated issue that they had the fix already, but they let it, uh, you know, and, and they leaked, Hey, this is going to get bad. Holcomb can come in and st- save the day God. and make himself look good. Look like he's supporting <laughs> schools. He's not supporting schools. No, he's not at all. He doesn't, he doesn't care. give a shit. He doesn't, care. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit if a kid dies or if a teacher dies. But they, he knows that even, you know, taking away that funding because of this would be terrible. It would be, you know, really, really bad. So um, let us move on to the next part. All right. So the next thing we got here is Axeman. Do you remember the guy uh, in Fort Wayne who um, I kind of laughed? It's, this isn't funny. Um, <laughs> he uh, like tried to attack some people with an axe. In Lowe's? Um, in a Lowe's? I'm sorry, but I don't know how. I couldn't remember this, but I don't remember it right now. Well, yeah, it was in April. And I mean, I remember it because I saw this, but if I was in your shoes, you I think I would have been tell like... tell me this? I think we talked about it. I feel like I would have remembered. But yeah, I mean, I didn't... Re- I was When I saw this, I was like, oh, fuck. That did happen. <laughs> yeah, it, it, wild stuff. Um, so anyway, I, this is an article from Wayne.com. I just want to read it real quick. Um because I think it's interesting and um, I think there's some notes to be taken away from it. So again, Wayne.com in April, a man wielding an ax was stopped by three Lowe's employees Um, on Wednesday. The company (laughs) on Wednesday, the company recognized them for their actions. Um, Police arrested Joshua Harless for threatening people with an ax inside of the Lowe's on Illinois road earlier this year. Before police arrived, three Lowe's employees along with customers took him to the ground on Wednesday. uh, Lowe's recognized those employees for intervening. They awarded them the, quote, Angel Award, which is given to employees who go above and beyond. Uh, Does this include a raise? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're already getting there. But above and beyond, including life-saving um, and heroic actions. One of the employees who helped take him down was Matthew uh, Shira. Uh, Sh- how do I say this? Um, 
Shiriyev. Yeah, Matthew Shiriyev. Um, he recalls that uh, he recalls what day, uh, what that day was like when he arrived from working uh, in the garden center. Um, so he said, quote, a guy in the middle, he starts swinging an ax at one of the customers. And as soon as he did that, Nick, he grabbed him from the back, like by a shirt. I don't know if it was Greg or the other customer who grabbed the front of him. Um, they're standing there in the middle. So I run, uh, in from the side and I just tackle all three of them to the ground. Then I'm laying on the guy's back, slobbering all over my arm. I'm laying on his back. Nick is laying on his leg, legs. Greg's is laying, uh, Greg's laying on his arm. And we were laying like that, uh, for like, it felt like 10 minutes until the cops got there. Uh, Shiri, I have, uh, adds that the Lowe's training focuses on active shooter situations, mm-hmm. but doesn't really cover a man with an ax. <laughs> he says that his instincts just kicked in and he came to the rescue. Uh, which I mean, this guy just seems like a cool, chill dude. Well, he's just, That's, he's just I wanted a dude to read, working at Lowe's. I'm sorry, like, I, I, sorry, Matthew, that I mispronounced your last name. I'm sure, but like, bungled it. Uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. He's like, yeah, I just kind of it just kind of got lucky. Like we all just kind of reacted, and it and it worked out well. Um, but I, but you were quickly raised one of my points that I had from reading this, which was. Oh, cool. Here's a plaque. How about a fucking some money? Here's a sticker. Asshole. Good job. <laughs> give me some fucking money. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, give, am I, what am I going to do with this fucking sticker? Pay me 20 <laughs> bucks an hour. Okay. <laughs> pay me a living wage. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was one of the things. The first, my first analysis here was uh, that happened. That's fucking crazy. Why did this guy attack people with an axe? Yeah. What a I mean, douche. He's due for court in September. So, I guess we'll. The only thing See, I thought I mean, of was you like, say a douche, but maybe taser. maybe he had some sort of mental health crisis or something like that. I mean, obviously it's still bad and deserves him. to feel um, or to deserves to have justice here done. But I'm interested in the details because that's crazy. Not a lot of axings uh, in the 21st century. No, no. It's a rare crime. You now. know, I would say, though, that it's probably easier to apprehend a man with an axe than it is to apprehend a man with an assault rifle. I because would argue that that is true. One at a time, whereas otherwise it's just you one know. at a time and like, you know, eight feet of distance and you're fine. Right. <laughs> it's like it, if you're following the CDC's guidelines, you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't in place in April. I, we're, we're being a little flippant about this, but I don't know. Yeah, no, it is scary. Um, yeah. Uh, so th- that had happened is crazy that they're like that they have this award is crazy. <laughs> they know. They were like, you're we've like, already seen me, everything. Like, I got we got to be honest. People. People keeling over in Lowe's all the time. We just got to like help out the employees. Yeah, but there's not the, that there's not a, like a, a raise or anything. And maybe there isn't. We just didn't get it here. But I don't know. Weird. Uh, the only thought, thing I thought about with this award is that maybe if somebody had like a medical issue mm-hmm. and like a, you know, a, a, a worker, an employee came and helped them, mm-hmm. then that would be a cool thing to be like, hey, you did a really great job for one of our customers. And sure. Like you went way above and beyond. Even then, I still think give them a hundred thousand dollars. How cool would that be? Give him a fucking Lowe's gift certificate, something. Give him, no, give him $100,000. Lowe's, you have $100,000. I guarantee it. You could just do it. It would be awesome. Yeah. I feel like whenever a civilian saves anyone, the government should just give them $100,000. Yeah, here's some money. We Thank just you. just be like, that was awesome. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not. That would maybe incentivize something. Vigilante. <laughs> well, or like, <laughs> hey, Act like you're going to kill them and then I'll save them. Oh. That would be bad too. The old so. hoopty do. Yeah. That's what they're called. It's, it's mm-hmm. called the old hoopty do. Uh, <laughs> okay. The other thing I had, why did it take five months for them to get the re- <laughs> reward or this, this award? Not reward. I don't know because Lowe's corporate is under a lot of stress right now. It happened in April. It feels like you should have been like, 
later in April. Yeah, but you wouldn't believe the <laughs> DIY projects and stuff. I don't know. You'd be like, later in April. Yeah, this guy saved, they, these employees saved their Well, that just goes to lives. show you what they actually think. Well, yeah, what they're worried about. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And then, of course, that they have to have an act, active shooter training is just... Well, I told just you. really sad. I told you that about my about my fucking surgery. That I'm sitting there about to go into surgery, and this nurse, this young nurse, is this. doing her active shooter drill in the in the next cubicle over or whatever. And I'm listening <laughs> to this computer, and they're like, and then the shooter comes into the building, and I'm like, can you please? turn that off or put some headphones in you're like i'm i'm literally going under very right now anxious right now and i don't want to listen to this i'm about to have my septum straightened yeah and she's it's, like oh it's sorry. curvy <laughs> yeah that's it's just like, sad i got a fucking needle in my arm i mean okay? i'm sure i'm sure i'm gonna have to do some of this stuff with teaching well yeah but it's just absolutely ridiculous that that our our band-aid is like just give them a video that's yeah. fine yep yeah, it's really yeah, like that's going to fix anything. Like run away. Thanks. Asshole. Like yeah, it, it's also, a slap in the face. You as a person, you should not be held responsible for that. Like you should not have to know how to handle that situation. That's right. It and, should be handled for you. And it really shouldn't even be like companies. No. Really. No. I mean, I they have the resources to do more now, so they I think they should, but it, you know, given our current landscape, but it shouldn't be their responsibility. Yeah, we should have a government it's, it's, that does something. Uh, and you know, we've we've gotten into some of my opinions and like on what we ask of stuff, teachers but, in terms of active shooter drills is just insane. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to get too much into that. All right, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of you know, I'm sure we will. I just um, had to bring it up because my. The like hospital thing really. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that for is me, wild. I was like, "What the fuck?" Well, yeah, because that is crazy. No, I just mean like you know, getting into opinions and, and thoughts on that kind of stuff. I want to refrain because I'm sure um, we'll do something in the future where sure. we can do more about yeah. that. So, um, you know, we're coming up at the end here, and this last little section, I, I wanted to propose something to you, Jenna. I wanted to, to, me? Pro- to propose. Not, propose. I don't, I don't want to propose. Um, oh, <laughs> I, you know, we're fine with that. We've, we've, we've had that discussion. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not getting down on a knee. If anything, I'm going to throw it to you maybe don't over a river. It. Don't throw it. At me. I was thinking we could go to the Mississippi and I, I could be like, you think I can get a rock over the river? And I would train like all summer to get the rock over the river. And then I would have you go to the other side of the river. And then I would act like I was picking up a rock, but instead it was a the case with the ring in it and then i'd throw it over the river to you and you'd be like you got it over and i'd be like look at the rock and then you'd open it and it oh, wouldn't be a rock i like that it would be a destroyed rock i like that idea <laughs> yeah that's, i just came up with it right now so that's cute. um oh no okay i want uh to propose an idea um yeah. and that is that we take a, a little vacation what do you okay. think about that i would love to do that mm-hmm I'm always down for a little vacay. Yeah. Um, I was thinking we could take a trip to our neighboring state, Ohio. No, I was going to say which one? Ohio, <laughs> a state known for all sorts of things from its name, mm-hmm. Ohio, to other things, too. Those things. Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> no, I mean, here's what we're going to do. We are going to read an article from Ohio. <laughs> this is Ohio news, but I thought it was interesting. And okay. they are our Midwest friends, and I want to include them well, in the show. Apparently, they don't think so because no, we, that we, one time that we went. No, Jenna, we have talked about, we've never been to Ohio together. 
Oh yeah, we. Oh, oh my. Are you gosh. serious? The one time that okay. we went. Yes, they I forgot. Fucked up your license plate. Yes, we will tell this story in a second. But first, I just want to say, and actually, well, I'm gonna. Can you give the story real quick? You really don't remember that? Yes, I do. Just give the story real quick, real quick, because we're running we up on time. We went to visit Adam's friend in Ohio. Yes, my we friend were John. At an apartment overnight. We came out in the morning, and the two Indiana plates had been folded up. Yeah. And messed with. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah, that was that is a good story. And it was yeah, I hated it. It was really mad. If you remember, I was really no, like, but pissed we've off. never been to Ohio together. I don't know. I just forgot that. Um uh, anyway, uh <laughs> we're getting really kind of whiny in this episode. I'm sorry, everybody. But um I did want to say, like, I don't like any kind of that uh fucking Indiana. I I hate them and ooh, Ohio I, I hate them. Guys, we're in the Midwest. We need to pull together, okay? Look, we all it it sucks all over. Let's let's pull together and, and get some shit done. That's all I have to say. So, uh, I think we've talked about that in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we have because I've made comments about it and you've been like, no, don't do that. Yeah, I was like, don't make fun of people from Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. It's just I don't know. I've made that a strong belief that I have. So, this is some news from Ohio. News. News from Ohio. This is from 10TV.com out of Columbus, Ohio. Um. So the news of Governor Mike DeWine testing positive for gover- uh, for COVID-19 has garnered all kinds of reactions across the state and the nation. While the majority of politicians have expressed their messages of support for DeWine, a rival, of, uh, a rival in the Ohio House has used the occasion to question the need for wearing face coverings. State Rep um, Nino Vitale, uh, he's a Republican from Urbana, a critic of DeWine and his policy of Is making- Is DeWine a Democrat? No, he's a Republican. Oh. Uh, and his policy of making Ohioans wear masks posted a message on his Facebook so that Nino Vitale posted a message oh boy. On, on his Facebook featuring a photo of DeWine wearing a mask and a message that said, quote, DeWine test positives, uh, test positive. I thought masks worked. Okay. Um, he, then he said, uh, while I certainly wish no ill, uh, no ill will or uh, no poor health on the governor, I think the question must be asked. He has not been wearing his mask or... Do masks not stop the spread? Um, last month, when DeWine ordered all residents in uh, seven Ohio county seven Ohio counties to wear face masks in public, Vitali stated he is quote tired of living in a dictatorship. Oh boy! <laughs> Amid the continued health guidelines you across the state, thing. quote this is what happens when people go crazy and get tested. Stop getting tested. What? Why? In all caps with an exclamation point. That was not the first time Vitaly raised his uh, has raised his eyebrows with his bizarre and sometimes false oh, claims boy. about the coronavirus. He has consistently claimed that masks do nothing to mitigate the disease spread, despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary, and stated he would not uh, wear a covering because he believed it would dishonor God. He also frequently attacked Dr. Amy Acton prior to her, her eventual reg- resignation as health director, calling her and quote unelected globalist while vowing oh, to fight no. against her department's orders. So this guy is. Alex Jones, he's Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer. If if you guys in Ohio, you probably know who Coach Dave is. You guys in Indiana, you might not. I'm kind of pulling it together an episode on Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, so we'll have that eventually. Um, It's uh, it's those people. It's the globalist, the cabal, it's QAnon. Oh, the globalists are coming. Oh, it's so freaking funny. (laughs) I don't even have any, like, she's an unelected globalist. (laughs) I don't even have any jokes. It's just so silly. Also, don't get just don't get tested and you won't get sick there you go yeah it, it's like i bet it, this guy's had to run in with i don't with the I, clap once I, in a while <laughs> i don't know if you listened to our last week's episode um with sam but we talked about this they, they just see 
they just throw so much to the wall and see what sticks. They cover mm-hmm. all their bases. They don't mm-hmm. actually do anything. Uh, you know, none of it I've makes sense. I've been a little bit out of commission. I'm sorry. Nah, it's okay. All right. Well, that is the episode today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, oh, oh, real quick. Listen on. Listen on. Because after we get these plugs, it, we'll go straight into the interview the with uh, Mike Vick. Yeah. After the trivia question and the plugs, we'll go straight into the interview with Mike Vick. And you're going to want to listen. It's a good one. So, uh, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you guys want to help us out at all, tell a friend about the show, leave a rating and review. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that would be great. Um, if you guys want to contact us, you can do so. Um, what's our website, Jenna? Our website is whosyourdaddypod.com. Whosyourdaddypod.com. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And if you guys want to send us an email, can they do that? Mm-hmm. What's our email? Come I don't on. Know. What is our you're, email? You're not even getting with the bit. Uh, our email <laughs> is <laughs> Jenna can't do bits right now. It's who's your daddy pod uh, at gmail.com. So you can do that or you can find us at, on Twitter at who's daddy. Let's get to the trivia question. Okay. So during the 1930s and 40s, the Purdue plant breeders or the people in, in plant science at Purdue were working tirelessly to perfect this popular snack. A popular snack? Mm hmm. Um, oh, uh, let's say popcorn. Who's your daddy? All right, everybody. Uh, we are here today with Mike Vick, um, to talk a little bit about national politics, um, which is something we don't always do on, on who's your daddy, but obviously we're all involved and we all pay attention to it and we all have opinions and I want to hear Mike's. Um, so Mike, before we get to that, can you, uh, just give a brief introduction of yourself? Sure. Again, for those of you who don't know, my name is Mike Vick. I'm the Democratic Party's nominee for state rep in Indiana's 29th district. Uh, the 29th district uh, comprises mostly Noblesville, Indiana, which is northeast of Indianapolis uh, in Hamilton County. Uh, there's a, a tiny part of Fishers, Indiana, that was uh, seemingly gerrymandered into the district. Uh, it's uh, it's pre- predominantly uh, Democratic uh, voters down there. Um, it's one of the bluest parts of the district. Uh, we actually think that there are a lot more blue voters out there. It's just they haven't had an opportunity to vote for anyone uh, who was running a very <laughs> strong race uh, in uh, in the district. Um, and there are a lot of pink uh, parts of the map now uh, based on the primary uh, data uh, that, you know, uh, folks are, are less inclined to vote for the Republican and even uh, in those areas, many of the Republicans didn't vote for Donald Trump. They left the ballot blank or they voted for Bill Weld, um, who oh, basically yeah. nobody knows who he is, <laughs> um, except for, you know, political junkies like us. So that, you know, sends a, a really good uh, signal to us. There's a lot of demographic shifts in uh, the area as well. So the reason why I'm running uh, is uh, Hamilton County uh, in our district uh, uh, you know, especially, uh, but, you know, throughout the district, it's very difficult for regular folks to live here. Uh, and uh, the cost of living is just so high. It's much higher than anywhere else in the state. I talk with some people and they're okay with that because uh, they're doing well. And, uh, you know, it's hard for them maybe to put themselves in the shoes of other people who aren't doing so well in this economy, uh, especially in the wake of COVID, but even before that. Uh, and, you know, so I, I talk with regular folks who are struggling, uh, folks who are maybe working one, two jobs, uh, maybe three jobs just to make ends meet. Uh, retail, teachers, firefighters, regular folks who are struggling because this economy squeezes us. 
Mm-hmm. And so I want to do everything I can to be a voice and a vote for those folks at the state house uh, and to do everything I can to lower costs of living uh, here in Hamilton County and in the state uh, by doing things like raising the minimum wage to a livable wage tied to inflation, doing away with our uh, our right to work uh, for yes. less, really, law uh, that uh, penalizes and, and makes it very difficult for folks to join a union when they want to. Uh, yeah, so very, I'm very also, yeah, I'm also in favor of things like uh, cooperative enterprises, uh, so that uh, folks uh, in, in these small businesses uh, can have a voice and a vote uh, at their workplace as well, workplace democracy. Uh, and I'm in favor of shifting the tax burden from working families and middle-income folks onto folks who can afford it. Folks, incidentally, like my opponent, Chuck Goodrich, who has a massive war chest. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I am a working class person. I have working class values and I want to take those working class values to the state house to represent everyone here uh, in district 29, um, including incidentally folks who are currently being, uh, uh, you know, in, in the Republican party who are voting for my opponent. Um, the reality is when you have a single party ruling in any situation, they don't have to listen to you, even if you ostensibly agree with them. Because if they've got the money and the power, why do they need to listen to you? I wanna listen to you, and P.S., I would need to listen to you. I wanna (laughs) represent everyone in the district, regardless of their views. And uh, you know, I I will say um, on that score, um, I am somewhat unique uh, among leftists, not entirely unique, I've met others like myself, uh, but I am a theologically conservative evangelical Christian. Uh, and so I, I bring a sort of different perspective on some issues, a little more nuanced. We end up in the same real policy uh, issue in terms of my fellow leftists, but I maybe come at it from a, a different angle. And I think that I'm able to talk to some folks uh, who, like me, are theologically conservative, but unlike me, are politically conservative. I'm able to talk with them. Uh, and sort of speak to their 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 values in a way that some leftist uh, Democrats are are not able to, and I always like to tell uh, you know Republican folks who are asking me why should I vote for you? Well, uh, it's a good question. Why should you vote for me as a Democrat? Number one, you know I have many problems with the Democratic Party that we're about <laughs> to talk to, uh, about, um, but also uh, you know my wife is a Republican, uh, and she likes me. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, we, can, we can make it work um, and uh, we can make it work for everybody. So that's why. Yes. I'm- yeah, we, we can. Um, I, I know we could go down the, this rabbit hole and talk for a long time, but I, I just want to say two things uh, before we move on. Um, and that's first off, just hearing uh, you speak about this, hearing anybody in this kind of positions uh, or situation speak about this. The first thing that always jumps out to me is how unimagined and like uninspirational other, uh, you know, typical candidates on the left and the right are, or on Democrat, Republican are, there's just no imagination, nothing. Like it's some of the things you spoke about, they're probably very new ideas to a lot of people. And once you do a really easy, um, you know, overview of what they are, they're like, that sounds great. I would yeah. like to have more, um, 
say in what happens in my workplace, in my community. I like, it's not that I don't want to be involved. I'm not lazy. I, there's just no path. I have no clear path to walk down. So it's, it's just the lack of imagination that I see in other people is incredible. And then the second thing that I wanted to say um, was that your, your kind of unique take uh, to the left with the e evangelical Christianity there, it's, um, it is unique in my circles, at least. Like you said, there are other people out there, and it's probably, if you're in that group, it's easier to find them. But um, I think that that uh, we get lost, the Midwest, like always, gets lost in that. And that's a, a, a quality that can uh, really help bridge gaps in places like Indiana. So that's yeah. all I wanted to add to that. Let us move on to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so uh, those of you who follow my social media, and you can do that at uh, VoteVic2020 uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can find me uh, uh, similarly by searching on Facebook. You can go to our website, www.votevic2020.com, uh, and uh, follow all of our social media. But those of you who already are will know uh, that uh, I am not, in fact, voting for Joe Biden uh, or for Kamala Harris. Um, and let me explain why. I was about 99.9% .9 sure I wasn't going to anyway, um, <laughs> based on um, what I know about Joe Biden's record. But his pick for vice president just sealed the deal. Uh, and essentially, it's, it's because of this. Joe Biden told a room full of his wealthy donors that nothing would fundamentally change for them. And what that tells me is nothing will fundamentally change for us either. Uh, they are the reason that we have Trump in the first place. This corporatist extremist agenda that hurts working families and middle-income folks is the reason why we have Donald Trump. Yeah, the, the like uh, I've come to that conclusion a little bit more and more that it's it's not just um, you know liberal corporatism that um, brought us Trump. Obviously, no. there is a far right thing, but the the system that allows those two things to exist uh, is what it is, and those two uh, they they reinforce each other. Like the right couldn't be as far right if liberals and centrists weren't as liberal and centrist as they are. It sure. It, it's sure. And, and honestly, that's that's the 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 danger of a two party system is that when one party shifts so far to the right, the other party only has to be slightly to the left of that in order to be the quote unquote left party. Uh, and then everyone who's further left than that gets trapped. And honestly, the the reverse happened uh, in the early part of uh, the last century with FDR, uh, he cribbed large parts of the New Deal straight from socialist parties and uh, did so because he knew that if they didn't do that in response to the Great Depression, we're in a similar situation right now, if they didn't do that, then there was going to be a revolution. And I'm about as close to an absolute pacifist as you can get without being an absolute pacifist. <laughs> I don't want to see the kind of violence and rioting in the streets that we have seen, but
But we have to remember this. Martin Luther King said that a riot is the language of the unheard and that our country's summers of riots are caused by our country's winters of delay. We have had two elections in which the Democratic Party had on offer a peaceful political revolution that was majoritarian, that polls show issue after issue, people within the Democratic Party, independents, and even um, Republicans agreed with. But in order to go for that agenda, they would have to turn off the Wall Street money spigot. And a lot of people on K Street, lobbyists, would lose their jobs. Yep. And so they weren't willing to do that, and they squashed it by any means necessary. They did it in, in 2016. They're doing it again in 2020. And if it were not for COVID, I don't have any doubt in my mind that, that this election would be much closer than it is right now. And and in terms of, of Trump winning. In terms, of, in terms of Trump winning, absolutely. I agree. And let's yeah. not forget, he could still win. And They're working hard wins, on that. Yeah, if he wins, I'm sorry, liberals. I'm sorry, Democrats, my fellow Democrats. It will not be because of folks like myself who are, are voting our conscience for a different alternative or who are so disgusted by the entire process and both choices, both uh, you know, available major party choices that we don't vote, which is the vast majority of people, or I'm sorry, a plurality at least, much larger than the number of people who vote for either party don't vote. The reason that they don't vote is not just because those votes are suppressed. That is one really big reason that we need to tackle, but it's also because so many people are apathetic, not because they're lazy, but because they rightly see the system as rigged against them. And mm -hmm. we're not offering them real alternatives to show them that, yes, we care. And yes, yes. we want to see change. So he picks Kamala Harris, who in California locked up folks for marijuana and laughed about it, locked up parents for truancy for, of their kids and laughed about that, but wouldn't prosecute Steve Mnuchin for clear violations of the law that put people out of their homes and then turned around and took money from him for her campaign. Joe Biden didn't just vote for the crime bill that caused many of the problems, exacerbated many of the problems that people are in the streets protesting right now with the Black Lives Matter protests. He wrote that bill. He stood four square behind it until very recently. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible that, I mean, as you said, they know what they're doing. They know that Joe Biden wrote that bill. It was 25 years ago. Right. Uh, and, and I know it, there's a, an extra focus on, on police violence um, now, but it, 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 it's been that way since 2014. Of I course. mean, even before Ferguson, it, it was it, like it's, that. It's but... been that way since he wrote the crime bill. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> it's been that and, way for and, you know, years. The reality is that that bill wasn't necessary. We didn't need to take that route. We took that route because at that time, the Democratic Party was very much interested in triangulation 
and trying to win back Reagan Democrats. And that's still what they're going after. Reagan Democrats, folks, are Republicans. Okay. And so in this context, it's really galling to me that folks on the left are told to shut up and fall in line. While at the same time, we're welcoming with open arms neoconservatives from the Bush era who are war criminals. And we're pandering to them to get their votes, the never Trump Republican votes. But nobody's really paying that close of attention to this much larger group of folks in the base of our party and folks who could be part of the base of our party who have very legitimate policy demands that are majoritarian and popular and would fix the problems that are exacerbating the situation that creates the right-wing nationalism that we're seeing right now. So my goal, of course, is to defeat Donald Trump. But the further goal has to be to defeat Trumpism. And if we don't, def if we just defeat the man and we don't defeat the ideology, then the next Trump that comes along is likely to be much shrewder and much smarter. And what are we going to have to go up against it? Kamala Harris? It, it's, it's hard to, it's like, I, you know, you, you want to defeat Trump, but it's, I, we, it's like, I need the whole system to be defeated. It's, it, we, it's, it's no longer, um, you know, the Republican versus the Democrat. It, I don't. I don't think of politics that way anymore. It, when I think on a personal level, you know, it's when you speak about it. Sometimes you have to, um, depending sure. on who your audience is. But it's like us versus the um, the corporatist, uh, you know, autocrat, whatever you want to call them. Um, and I, you know, I, even that language, though, like I said, I use it sparingly because I think it, you can lead down a, a wrong path with it. So you have to be nuanced with it. But I think it, it for everything you're saying, I mean. What cup of despair do you want to drink out of? The red one yeah, or the blue one? Yeah. I, I don't want to drink the cup of I despair. Don't, no. And, and here, here's, the, here's the thing, Adam, that I think that folks don't realize. I want to uh, you know, address some, some objections that I know I've already gotten to this. And that is, well, you're, you're just going to elect Donald Trump. Um, I hate that argument. It, <laughs> I hate well, it. So first off, what, we could have put up a much better candidate who would have addressed all the issues that I'm I'm talking and about. And we've been saying and that yes, for yeah, two years. And, yes, absolutely. Um, instead of rallying around a candidate who everyone knew was like the worst possible candidate that we could put up. Everyone knew that. That's why they waited until the last minute to drop out. Uh, so they, they tried Pete. They tried Kamala. They tried even Elizabeth Warren to stop. It's amazing Bernie when you Sanders. look back, when you look back at like how obvious the push was for, for just like, let's see what sticks. Yeah. Um, and, yep. and at the end of the day, even uh, if we fail, we know we can just put these people in like cabinet positions. Exactly. And, and, and I mean, it's so know, stupid. It's such they, a bad strategy. Sure. And, and they even, they even tried Mike Bloomberg. And this is, this is another galling thing, which is that they, they tried to, to foist, a Republican, <laughs> an awful, awful person to stop Bernie Sanders. And they, they couldn't do it with him. So again, we, we go with, with Joe now, again, 
I want to I want to say at the outset, anyone who's listening this, who's in my district, who's voting for Joe enthusiastically, please please continue to do so. Yeah, I, yeah. I want I want everyone to vote their conscience. Okay, if if Joe is your is, is your guy, then vote for him and be enthusiastic about that. Go out and organize for him. There's no reason for you to 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 yell at people like me. Yeah, I you always go out uh, and out, I, out organize me. No, but but here's the thing. Nobody in Indiana is is going to cause Joe Biden to lose by voting for a different candidate. Uh, no, it, in the, in this state, this is a deeply red state with you a lot of suppressed for nobody or Mickey Mouse, and it would have the same effect on uh, the the electoral college as voting for Joe Biden, which is to say, no effect at all. Now, yes, even that, if even if you are in a you know, if you're in a, in a deep blue state, the, the the same holds largely true. Uh, and then if if you are in a uh, a swing state, all you have to do to vote your conscience is use a, a method called vote pact. You uh, find a, a an opposite ideology person who's a conservative, either Republican or independent conservative, who plans to vote for for Trump because they. They hate Joe Biden, but they also don't like Donald Trump. So they're in your they're in your camp on the other side, uh, the flip side of what you're going through. And you convince them, hey, I'm I'm going to vote for an independent. You can vote for an independent, yeah. too. And we've just canceled out the spoiler effect for both of us. And we can both vote our conscience. You don't have to vote for the same independent candidate. You that can vote, for your, vote your conscience. And that cancels the spoiler effect. But this is the second part of that, Adam, which which frustrates me. In our platform, we support electoral reform that would would eliminate the spoiler effect. Uh, that electoral reform is uh, star voting. It's score, then automatic runoff score. You would vote. Uh, you would uh, score every candidate on your ballot zero to five. Top two candidates with the highest average score go into an automatic runoff completely eliminates the spoiler effect. You wouldn't even actually need primaries anymore uh, because similar candidates would not split each other's votes. You could do this right now if there were the political will within the Democratic Party and the Republican Party to do it, but there isn't. Why? It's not because the spoiler effect isn't a real thing. It's because it's not a big enough factor to them to actually do anything about it. They want to use the spoiler effect and the fear of the spoiler effect in order to keep people locked into the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. And that's not right. That's that's not democracy. That's a protection racket. That's mm -hmm. saying you got a nice country there. It'd be a shame if something happened. To it. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's not that's not correct. That's not the right way to go about things. So. Even though we don't have that, it's still possible for voters to vote their conscience safely and not elect the candidate that they hate the most. But we we can't keep going down this route. We have to get that electoral reform. We don't have a national popular vote for president. So, so millions of people who vote for the major party candidates have wasted their vote. And we don't have the electoral reform that would do away with first past the post plurality voting which is the worst possible kind of voting that you could you could imagine so 
that's where I am on this. I'm not going to vote for a candidate who is odious to me simply because uh, he's a member of my party. I'm going to vote for a candidate that fits my conscience. Anyone else who's watching this should vote for the candidate that fits their conscience. And let's go forward with actual democracy. Let's go forward with reforms to the democracy that we've needed for decades. Uh, and let's not go forward with this vote shaming mentality because it doesn't fix anything. I know. Yeah, you're a hundred percent right. And, and I, I have nothing else to add because you're, I agree with you. We, we, you just vote your conscience and then every like, shut up and talk about your opinions, but no, stop. I hate that. I'm not going to yell at somebody for voting for Joe Biden. I'm not going to yell at somebody for not, um, I'm not going to yell at somebody for voting Trump, but I might scream in my head uh, about right. it. Well, and, and, I you support know, the right to do it. Exactly. <laughs> do. You know, and that and that's the thing is is that it's it's doubly weird in in this state to tell someone that their vote is wasted voting on a third party candidate when in many cases there's very little chance in some districts that the Democrats going to win either. So you're telling someone yeah. that they're voting for someone who's not going to win. Okay. Um, that's fine. So, what is it? My vote is just a organize. message to other people. Like, yeah. it's what I want. Yeah, go organize for the candidate that you love the most, mm -hmm. and stop yelling at people who are voting for other people. Yeah, uh, yeah. Of it, course, it, of course, you you can debate all you'd like yeah. about the merits of the various candidates. I will tell you flat out, I am not voting for Joe uh, Jorgensen, who is the the Libertarian Party candidate, who is the only ballot access candidate in Indiana, which is an unfortunate reality, but ballot access is very difficult. It should yeah, be. Yeah, um, Green Party didn't get on in Indiana. Green Party is uh, highly unlikely to get on uh, in any year in Indiana, um, but you know they spend a lot of their time trying to just get ballot access, which yeah. is unfortunate. It's that's not democratic, but uh, I'm not voting for the Green Party candidate either, even as a write-in, and the reason is. If you if you research hashtag clean the greens, you know, on Twitter, you do any kind of research into Howie Hawkins, you'll see that while the platform of the Green Party is great and I would love for the Democratic Party to take a look at that platform and adopt a lot of it, if not wholesale, just take it for our own. Um, the problem with the, the Green Party is that they're quite dysfunctional and a lot more top down than they advertise themselves as. And. In my opinion, I know that some leftists disagree with this, and that's fine. Again, vote your conscience for Howie Hawkins if that's your candidate. But I have seen compelling evidence that that primary was rigged for him and that the the Green Party has been doing a lot of things at the top. It's not to denigrate yeah, people, grassroots yeah. Green Party activists who I have I've voted for two Green Party candidates, Ralph Nader in 2000 and Jill Stein in 2016. I love the Green Party. I love their platform. Great, grassroots Greens are great, and many of them agree with me on this, um, that there needs to be reform within the Green Party or moving to an entirely new left uh, party. Because the, uh, the, the Greens, um, in, in some ways at the top, the folks at the top are not doing the kinds of things necessary in order to break through uh, to be a major party. And so uh, uh, Howie Hawkins 
um, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I love your platform, but you don't you don't have my vote because I'm not going to jump from one rigged primary to another. Sure. Um, sure. So, uh, you know, uh, personally, again, this is you know, this is my personal vote uh, based, uh, in fact, largely on the uniqueness of myself and, and my politics, which is that I'm an evangelical Christian and a leftist. Um, I'm voting for uh, a candidate named Brian Carroll, um, and uh, his vice presidential uh, nominee is, is Amar Patel, uh, and they are members of a party uh, called the American Solidarity Party, um, and uh, they are, um, you know, a party that, uh, you know, I think represents um, some views that uh, I think would do a lot to alleviate a lot of the problems uh, in this country were they to catch on, especially among, it's a party that actually could theoretically pull uh, a lot from Republicans and Democrats, uh, you know, conservative independents and uh, left independents, if folks look into them. Uh, again, it's American Solidarity Party, um, but, uh, you know, vote your conscience, that's, that's where I am. Uh, I was actually, because they are such a small party, uh, and they're interested in making these connections. I was able to talk with uh, with them all. Uh, I've spoken with uh, Brian Carroll uh, via Facebook, and uh, we're planning on speaking in person. Uh, you know, not in person, but uh, you know, via Zoom or, <laughs> or a phone call. Um, and then uh, Amar Patel actually lives in Illinois, oh, nice. uh, and I was able to talk with him uh, at length um, yesterday uh, by phone. Um, so, uh, you know, again, vote your conscience for whatever. A party candidate uh, fits your values, but that's where I am. That is um, great. And that's about all the time we have. But Mike, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, you know a lot more about this national level stuff and have a lot more experience with it. Um, and, and so it's great to have you on and uh, give our listeners a little bit of insight into who you are. So if you guys are, are listening and you're in the uh, in, in uh, District 29, here you go. Really great candidate. Um, get out there and vote. Uh, and then just for your insight on, on that kind of stuff, uh, I appreciate it. And I hope everyone else does as well. So thanks again, Mike. Thank you, Adam. I'd love to, to, uh, you know, come back again and talk more about the local race for sure. Oh yeah. Well, we'll have you back on, uh, in the next uh, month or so, a couple months. We'll see. <laughs> time is, time doesn't exist anymore. So. All right. <laughs> thank you so much, Mike. Who's your daddy? A lot of people do an awful lot of thinking about a place called home, sweet home. A lot of people do an awful lot of talking about a place called home, sweet home. Poems are being poemed about, songs are being songed about, the place everybody loves the best. And I'm no different from the rest. I love my home, sweet home. I've done a lot of dreaming about the day when I'll be going back to my home, sweet home. I'm gonna pack a bag and hop a train. And then for home, sweet home, I'm gonna set out, cause I've got the blues. 
I've got the blues that just won't get out. I've got to get back home. I've got to get back home. Back home again in Indiana. And it seems that I can see the gleaming candlelight still shining bright through the sycamores for me. The new mown hay sends all its fragrance through the fields I used to roam. And when I dream about the moonlight on the Wabash, then I long for my Indiana home. Back home again, home back in Indiana. Oh, it seems that I can see. See the gleaming candlelight still shining bright in Indiana. It's the middle west, but we love it. The moon shines the best above it. We love it. All the new moon hay sends fragrance through the fields I used to roam. And when I dream about the moonlight on the Wabash River, then I long for my Indiana home. In Indiana, in Indiana, my home. In Indiana, my home, sweet home. 